0: Speaking to the girls as they get a little bit older and reminding them that it's really not the outside world that they need to tune into to live their most peaceful and most successful life. It's really learning to connect with that inner intuitive voice that most of them don't even know exists, right? By the time they're 10 and 11 years old, and teaching them more to focus on what's going on on the inside and turn the volume up on what's on the inside, because that is our magic to share with the world.
1: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. So today we are discussing a very important topic of self-esteem. Self-esteem affects every area of our lives. And as a mom, it has been my goal from the very beginning of my parenting journey to arm myself with the knowledge and tools to support my children's self-esteem. So today, I am joined by someone who knows a lot about this topic. So much so, she's made it her life's work. Melody Pormorati, a twin girl mom, award-winning author, empowerment coach, podcast host, founder of Girl Life Academy, is on a mission to introduce girls and women alike to their personal power. She has created a purpose-led business that trains women to run impactful, and created a purpose-led business that trains women to run impactful, profitable movements centered around empowering girls. In her newest book, Empowered Women, Empowered Girls, a guide to modeling courage, confidence, and self-love for our next generation, Melody shares how the greatest gift we can give to our next generation is the inner work we do on ourselves as women. Her podcast called Empowering Her features female founders and explores how women are evolving themselves personally, professionally, and spiritually. Melody's heart-oriented business has been featured in Forbes, The Today Show, Huffington Post, Bella Magazine, and more. So welcome, Melody. I am so happy that you're joining us to share with us your expertise and work in this area of self-esteem. Erin, it is
0: such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: This is awesome. So one of the things we talked a little bit about is even though a lot of your work is around girls, that boys are not impervious to issues with self-esteem. And although it does affect girls on a deeper level, a more grand scale, and we'll talk about some of the statistics around that and why, but we don't want to leave our boys out of the conversation. So we are going to talk about our boys today too. Absolutely.
0: Always. We, we want all of our children to access their unique superpower.
1: So 100% what you said. So I want to start out with some basics. And I'd like to talk about just self-esteem. Everybody knows it's an important thing. We know it's a good thing, but what is self-esteem and why is this so important for our kids and us as adults as well?
0: Absolutely. It's so, so important. And it's so important to build self-esteem from when children are young. The self-esteem gets challenged and it's really the way that a child views themselves, how they hold themselves. It's all about perceptions. And so we want a child's perception of themselves to be something that is filled with peace, like when they think of themselves. And we want it to be something that's positive. And sadly, there is a statistic that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine. Um, And the first time I heard that statistic, I just thought it was so disheartening. Every time I speak it, I'm, I'm upset to say it. And I always say we're in the business of changing this statistic because they have their entire lives ahead of them. And to think that at age nine, that self-confidence is plateauing and then dropping, uh, is heart shattering and we need to do something about it.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And for girls to peak at nine, like you said, they're just starting their life. They're prepubescent really, or they're just at the beginnings of puberty. They're not even out of childhood yet. And to think that they've plateaued or to think that they don't have so much to offer the world, like the world needs our girls and our women to show up. And so to give them that self-esteem is a really important work that you're doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: So let's start with the fact that this is right around puberty. They're getting towards middle school. They're getting towards puberty. Is that, that's, I'm guessing, not a coincidence I'm sure that it's not a coincidence, but you know, what we're
0: also finding is at this age, there becomes such this awareness of what is going on outside of them, what people are thinking of them, how people are perceiving them. Whereas, and like we see this firsthand in the workshops that we run, a young girl who is four or five, six, seven years old comes into our workshops and she is just magic. Like (laughs) we want to bottle up a little bit of what she's on because she's (laughs) raising her hand. She's speaking her truth. She's not thinking about what everyone around her is thinking of what she's saying, right? There's that beautiful confidence. Um, and it's nothing that they like that confidence is something that we are born with, right? Like nobody gave it to us. It's just innate within us. And what happens when we have the older girls come into our workshops Ages nine and ten, but but really more when we get into the teenage years, the girls are very different. They're showing up in a different way. They're not raising their hands as much, um, and there is definitely a parallel with like in school and in their classes. They're not raising their hands after middle school. They really start questioning what they what it is that they want to share in the classroom, and we see that in our workshops as well. We really take our work very seriously in getting to girls when they're young, but also speaking to the girls as they get a little bit older and reminding them that it's really not the outside world that they need to tune into to live their most peaceful and most successful life. It's really learning to connect with that inner intuitive voice that most of them don't even know exists, right? By the time they're 10 and 11 years old and teaching them more to focus on what's going on on the inside and turn the volume up on what's on the inside, because that is our magic to share with the world.
1: That is beautiful. I love that. So there's obviously a lot of messages coming in from the outside to girls about who they are, who they're supposed to be, how they're, how they're supposed to show up. So what are some of these messages and where are they coming from? There's so many messages, Erin.
0: You know, some of them are coming from our phones, right? Like social media while i know trust and believe that it can be a very positive thing and it is for so many of us for these young girls it's really it's a source of pain because it causes them to compare themselves to the images that they see on social media images that are not even real they've been curated they've been filtered it's causing them to not be in the present moment because whenever they are experiencing a moment, what's happening is they're wondering how they can curate that moment to share with others. And it's not their fault, right? It's just the culture that we live in. It's, it's where our focus is. So I, I would say a great deal of it comes from as simple as Instagram and TikTok and all the other platforms that we we know about. I was just reading an article this morning About Sarah Jessica Parker and she was having lunch with Andy Cohen in Manhattan and of course the paparazzi as they do they snapped pictures of them and posted them and then after the posts the comments started coming in oh she's gotten so old oh look at her wrinkles oh my goodness look at you know what time has done to her and her response was like i am aging i am evolving i am growing this is how i look like this is me and it's you know the pressures that the media and culture are putting on our women is really a depiction of all the barriers we have to actually accessing our own inner voice of knowing right because what when we hear comments like that what does that tell our girls what does that tell women it's like oh, you better watch out for how you look. You better take care of your skin. People interpret it in their own ways, but then it's like plastic surgery and do whatever you need to do to change your looks because the looks that you have as is are not good enough. And that is the consistent message that comes in of us not feeling enough and not being good enough and not measuring up to society standards that have been laid out for us.
1: And that's where we can really juxtapose the men and the women or the boys and the girls, because I'm guessing nobody said anything about Andy. (laughs) I love that you just said that because that was
0: literally going to be my next point. Andy himself went in, he chimed in and he was like, what misogyny? Nobody has said anything about me and I'm aging too. We're all aging. And you just choose to focus on Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, what is this about? And when will it change?
1: Right it's and it's interesting you said that because just this morning I was scrolling on Facebook and I got two ads within a few minutes of each other. One was like this makeup with like all this contouring and the woman was absolutely perfectly flawless and gorgeous like I don't know who she is but she was gorgeous and glowing but she was doing all this contouring on her face and I'm like one she doesn't need it and two I could put all the contouring in the world and I'm not going to look like that. (laughs) It doesn't matter. And then the other one was this fat machine supposed to like melt your fat away. And I was just like, what are you trying to tell me? All the time and the effort spent on that and time I could spend growing in other ways, whether it's working out, spending time with my kids, learning something new, the time I'm going to spend in the mirror, contouring my face or taking this machine. I'm like, I'm not going to take a machine and rub it all over my body for 20 minutes every day. Like that's a waste of time, but you're
0: right. Like what kind of value is that putting on a girl or a woman's time? Like, you know, what is the quality that that is really adding to our lives? It's, it's really quite disturbing we do this and we don't even realize it, but like the way that we might even greet a girl the first time that we meet her, right? Like we might say something like, hey, cutie, or, oh my God, I love your hair, or I love what you're wearing. And we mean no harm. We're just trying to compliment a girl, right? Aren't we? And start a conversation. Yeah. You know, but it's always at a very different level. Right, right. So when we put that focus on her outer appearance, of course- she's going to start putting that focus on her outer appearance. And so I feel like we all get to play a role in this. And simply, like, if if it's the simplest thing we do the next time we meet a girl for the first time, ask her something a little deeper. Like, have you read any good books lately? Or, you know, what did you do yesterday? How was school? I think that the conversation needs to be moved in a different direction. And if we're really looking to give her a compliment that relates to her exterior, that we can say something about the way it highlights something within her. So, for example, I love the way your eyes light up when you talk about something that you love, right? I love the way your smile brightens the room whenever you are doing something you're passionate about. Like, just really refocusing our energy in every conversation we have with young girls.
1: And with young boys, it seems like the conversation is often about strength, right, and prowess, and how fast they can run, and what sports are they playing, and oh, you hey sports star, hey basketball right. star, right? You're so
0: right, and it's like, okay, you know, let's let's think about this, and, and you know, it's also that. I don't know if you experienced this, Erin, when you were younger, but I remember that I was always taught to be a good girl. I was always, I shouldn't even say taught. I was told Mm -hmm. to be a good girl from my amazing and well-meaning parents, right? Um, And I'm not the only one. I speak to my girlfriends about this. I speak to my clients about this. We were all taught to be good girls. And when we really think about it, we were like, what did it mean when that was requested of us? And what we came up with is that it meant that we should dim our voices. We should only speak if we're spoken to. We shouldn't ruffle anybody's feathers. And it was all like the messages that when we look at them now, we're designed to keep us small. And when we looked at what boys were taught when they were young, it's like, think outside of the box, be creative, you know, show up, be seen, right. Be seen. Like it was all the things that us girls would, wouldn't dare do. Right. And meanwhile, I always say like, let's give the same messages to girls. They're great messages for boys, but you know, they shouldn't be unique to boys. They're, they're messages that all of us can grow and thrive from.
1: And I think really importantly is allowing every child to show up as who they are. Yes. Because, you know, there's a lot of boys who aren't comfortable being really outgoing and big and loud. They are quieter. They are deeper thinkers. They are, you know, inventors or engineers and they're thinking more deeply or they're looking at things and how they work. And so just letting every child show up as who they are rather than to fit into a masculine or feminine ideal, starting from such an early age, right? (laughs) Amen to that. I, I'm so for
0: it. And, and that's really, isn't that what we want of anyone? Like to really just not be afraid to share their authentic truth, like to not ever be dismissed or shunned for the feelings that they have and the way they show up in the world. Uh, that's what we want for every kid. And I, I think that the tools that we can share with them uh, are one and the same.
1: Puro air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Visit HomeThreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's HomeThreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order. Because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. So I want to bring this up because I think there's a great conversation around this. I had a parent write to me and one of the things that they said was that the child was getting in trouble at school because they were too affectionate the girl was too affectionate. right? And so I was trying to redirect and help the parents understand. So we get these messages as parents too, sometimes from even as early as preschool, that our child is too much in some way or another, and that we need to help tame them in some way. So whether it's a boy or a girl, you know, we don't want them being disrespectful or disruptive or rude to their friends. But You know, affection is such a positive thing. And teaching kids boundaries between friends is great. You know, how to, you know, if your friend doesn't want it, how to, you know, set a boundary and help them respect that. But just as an overall, you know, being too something, too much, too drama, too loud, too anything, it's just that message that our kids get. And then we get as parents is like, oh, okay, this isn't appropriate. I think we tend to defer a lot of times to those messages that come from. The school or from a a program of some sort. Definitely. And it's heartbreaking, isn't it?
0: Because I can sense in your tone that you're like affection. Like, how can that be a bad thing? (laughs) Right? Like, and I'm so with you. We need more hugs. We need more hugs. And like I'm I'm trying to think if someone said that about my daughters because my kids did grow up in a very affectionate home because We're all about the hugs and the physical touch and 100% there need to be boundaries. This is where I always say, like, I wish that emotional intelligence was taught in school. Like we're all about IQ and not enough about EQ. Mm -hmm. And how nice would it be to even bring up conversations like this in the classroom and talk about it and talk about gentle boundaries and talk about, you know, the five languages of love and how each of us receives... Um, praise and love in different ways and to really explore those things. I feel like those are the things that um, help a human be a human in the real world, as opposed to remembering battle dates and like, you know, geography, all really important stuff. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much more that our kids leave school where and haven't even had the opportunity to learn f- for themselves,
1: and that just reminded me of I think something that would be so amazing is leveraging that strength in the classroom. What if this child was the child that you could go to if you were having a sad day, yes. if you feel like you need you know some affection you feel like you need um a hug or you just want to sit and talk this is the child that could that could give that to the other kids and you can leverage that and to show like everybody has their own strength that they bring to the world they bring something special and this is her something special so rather than quieting it maybe we need to help her use it in ways that are you know more acceptable to everyone in the classroom if some people are finding it too much but then you know when you need that she's there for you
0: I love that you say that because like what it is in essence is every child's superpower, right? Like each child possesses so many superpowers. And if we actually, you know, shine the flashlight on that and encourage them in a beautiful and positive way to actually rock what they've got, right? Instead of putting them down, because it may not be what everyone has. I mean, that's in essence, what makes us all unique and what makes us all so needed, right? Like, every human being, even twins, come into this world with their own unique fingerprint. And it's like, that should tell us that we are all needed uh, in all the ways,
1: right? Very true. And I love that you talk about kids' superpower. And we all have that. You're right. We all have that superpower. And a lot of times it gets quieted. And so making room for that and letting it grow and flourish is that's the key to the self-esteem that I belong just the way that I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, on that topic of
0: superpowers, yes, we are all born with superpowers, but what we love to teach kids is it's also about the superpowers that we acquire throughout our lives. The superpowers that come from experiences that perhaps we wish hadn't happened And yet we learned and grew and evolved so much through those experiences. So something that we talk a lot about in our workshops is like, let's talk about experiences that you've had that maybe weren't the best experiences. And let's look at the superpower that you were able to walk away with. And often it's resilience or compassion or patience. And what we want them to do, what we want every child to do is to seek more superpowers, right? So that they learn in essence that everything that's happening in their world, the positive stuff, but also the stuff that feels negative in the moment, it's somehow a teaching for us. It's somehow an opportunity for us to learn something about ourselves and show up
1: in a more evolved way. That's beautiful. I love that. It's so true because we do, we keep adding to ourselves as we go through life and we get more experiences. And that is such an important part of who we are and what we bring to the table and to be able to have our kids know that. So I love this. What can we as parents do to help kind of counteract some of these messages that our our kids and our girls are getting bombarded with on the outside that they're not enough or they need to be quiet or they need to not show up you know, so much and kind of need to make themselves small. How do we counteract that?
0: I think being the voice of reason, I think being open to your children speaking with you. I think so often parents, myself included, we don't realize how divided we are in our, in the attention that we give to our children, whether Mm. like, you know, lines get blurred because so many of us work from home now and we work from our Mm. laptops and our phones. That's, totally me. And there are days where I am just like doing all the things and my child is really wanting to speak with me. And perhaps I'm not even noticing it because I'm so distracted. So when possible, I think putting the the devices away and if they're catching us at a time where we really can't chat to say to them, Oh my God, I really want us to talk about this topic give me half an hour, I'm going to tie up some loose ends with work, and I'm going to give you my undivided attention. And whatever it takes, whether it's a walk, like something that I really notice in spending quality time with kids, sometimes, especially as they become teenagers, it's a little harder to have that like focused one-on-one time with them. Um, for me, what really works and for a lot of my clients is like when we're taking a drive together, or we're taking a walk together. Uh, or doing an activity together where some of the greatest conversations have the opportunity to take place. So creating those, like really as parents, creating opportunities for that to happen, whether you're taking one of your children out for dinner once every two weeks for a meal one-on-one, right? Some of us have more than one child. Finding ways to connect with them and always having an open door policy where they can come and talk to you about anything I think is really important because they need to know that someone is in their corner. Like school can be tough. Puberty can be rough. Um, Mm -hmm. social events can be rough. As we mentioned, social media is tough. Like we're living in an age where kids can see on the snap map where other kids are on a Saturday night. So if they're like sitting at home and they can see where everybody else is and everyone else is at a party that they weren't invited to, it's so real and it's so raw. And these are things that in our time, Erin, you and I never had to deal with, right? Um, But these kids have it all laid out for them. And sometimes it's just too much to handle. So again, having your parents as present as possible to hold that safe space for them is really important.
1: It's so interesting. I was thinking about this this morning, as I was getting ready to have our our conversation. And One of the things that came to mind and it's exactly what you just said. You know, my kids, they love to talk to me. They love to share with me, but sometimes I'm half there. Hmm. Because if it's not if it's just a conversation about something silly that happened at school that day, then I don't feel like they need me as much. And I'm so busy. And I was thinking, like, I need to stop and let my kids know that what they have to say, even the silly little things are important, that they deserve my attention. Because what are they going to learn if I'm kind of half there is like, oh, mom's not that interested in what I have to say and then they're going to stop sharing or when something important comes up, they're not going to feel like maybe that I'm going to be as attentive and maybe they don't, they're not going to want to tell me. And so really putting down what I'm doing and focusing on it, even if it's just a silly little joke or something, silly little thing that happened at lunch that day Right. that I need to stop. And like you said, I think that's great too, is to, if I'm really in the moment, like in the middle of an email that I just want to finish to just have them, you know, hold that and make space for that a little bit later if I need to.
0: Right. Because we, we don't want to set them up with unrealistic expectations either, right? It's like in everything that we do, what is the messaging that we are giving to our children? I named my book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls. Why? Because if we all have this wish, and it's a beautiful wish to raise empowered children, I'm going to say children just because we're dealing with boys and girls what we do, like they are following our cues of what it is to be a healthy human being, right? So, so often we want the best for our children. And like the best thing we can actually do is look in the mirror and ask ourselves, like, am I surrounding myself with good people, people who uplift me? Am I being kind and gentle to myself? Do I give myself the self-love that I deserve? Uh, And so frequently, it's as simple as really just evolving the relationship we have with ourselves and knowing that just by virtue of them being in our presence and growing up in our home, that is actually the greatest gift that we can give to our children.
1: Yeah, that is so true. Absolutely. My daughter did say to me yesterday, she said, She's now realizing how lucky she is and what a great family she has. And I asked her and I said, well, where are you getting this messaging from? What You know, are kids at school starting to talk more about their, their home lives? And she's like, well, some at school, but she's like a lot of social media. So, you know, even though we like to demonize social media for a lot of the negatives, you know, she's learning. There's a lot of kids out there who aren't treated very well at home that they don't feel loved and appreciated. Absolutely. How so. old is your daughter? Like, what a beautiful thing for her to say to you. <laughs> um, my twins just turned 12. So I have boy girl twins. Oh, okay.
0: I have twins also. My twins are twin oh. girls are 16.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So this has been a wonderful conversation. You've shared some amazing stuff with us, some things to really think about Um, you've given me some things to think about, even with all I do, some really important things to think about when it comes to connecting with my kids, even better, where can people find you? Um, tell us about your workshops and the things that you offer for parents who are looking to, um, build some self-esteem with their kids. Absolutely. Well, Erin, this was so wonderful
0: and I love this conversation. I feel like we need to do it again soon because there's so much (laughs) that we have to talk about. Um, I can be found on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment with one L. That's where I hang out the most. Uh, I have two books available, XOXO from a girl who gets it for young girls, and then Empowered Women, Empower Girls for uh moms for women. And uh we also have a program, it's a coach training certification where we train women to uh become girls empowerment coaches and run empowering workshops. Uh, for all the young girls in their community. And to learn more about that girllifeempowerment.com with one L.
1: Great. So you were talking about the book XOXO from a girl who gets it. What age range is that for? So on the cover, we say eight girls ages
0: five to 105 <laughs> because there is an inner girl within every woman. And what we learned after we published it the first time around was that so many of the moms called me and they were like, Melody, Uh, you know, you say that this is for young girls, but I sat and read this with my daughter. And there were messages that my younger self never had the opportunity to hear. So we've learned that a lot of mamas are really enjoying the book. And so now we say it's for girls ages five to 105.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. Great. I'm going to check that out then. Please do. Please (laughs) do. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This is a beautiful conversation. Thank you, Erin.